So, so, so something uh, happened. <laughs> lots, lots of things have happened. I just have one question that I think we need to ask before we start this off. Um, you guys look like hot dogs, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like hot dogs get a bad rap. They got a cool shape. They got protein. They taste good. <laughs> my favorite is that my favorite is that he was when he asked both Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel individually if they like hot dogs. Both of them gave complete non-answers. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, she, just she was totally just like, smiled and was like, uh, like shaking her uh, head. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of hot dog love in that uh, in that marriage, which I think was really at the root of their problems. <laughs> I th- I think the the first thing that I that I really took away from this movie is that like I wish that I had seen this before because I would have been quoting it nonstop for like <laughs> I probably will be quoting it nonstop from now it's on. It's so quotable. <laughs> I mean, there's I mean, there's cheese and crackers. Well, that still leaves us two directions. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Honestly, the, the the writing this movie is so perfectly written that I just can't I can't believe that. Oh, this is this is without a doubt I think the most fun Shyamalan movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> like just... throw it on at a party. This is it's so fun to watch. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> if you if you don't know by now, we're talking about the happening. Which is just our focus for episode six? six? Technically, six. right? If you don't count our bonus. Yeah, episode six. Episode. Shameless Shyamalan. So um, this 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 one requires some some backstory. I feel like a little setup, and I I, I would love to hear. I I have very vivid memories of the marketing for this, and and you know my thoughts as it was coming out. What, what do you guys have any? Was this on your radar at all? It's it, this not, is one of two I hadn't seen. Mm, this one is not was never on my radar at all. I didn't even know like it really existed until um, until like it became popular like on the internet as like to be recognized as like one of the worst movies ever made. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know. I didn't really know it existed at all. <laughs> I'm. We can do this. I, I'm, I'm frankly very surprised that it like makes the rounds as one of the worst movies ever made because it's not remotely one oh, of the no. worst movies ever made. Not even close. Not, it's, uh-uh. <laughs> it's not even I, in the conversation. But I mean, it's it's the what, what I would call the uh, cinema sins of internet criticism. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say it's his... probably one of the best movies ever made. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> just gonna come out. Of here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for everything great about the happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> the cinema wins. Um, I don't know if you guys want to yeah, shout out, shout out to cinema wins. Excellent channel. <laughs> Highly recommend it. I don't know if you guys want to start out this way, but I was thinking it might be sometimes we kind of start, we start with some like fun little facts about production and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I would love looking, to hear some of that. I was looking some things up. 
Um, well, there's two two things that I know I want to do in this in this session. Number one is go over a couple of these things, and then number two is I want to drop a couple quotes from the movie, um, just so that for everyone's enjoyment, just to let those air out. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Jace already used Jace already gave us the hot dog the hot dog situation, which which is one of the best um, easily. But is the other um, one. I, I have a feeling I I know which one the other one is, but there's there's plenty. I'll let there, you, there I'll let you drop of, it. There are plenty of quotes to, to <laughs> find and, and enjoy from this. Um, but completely superfluous <clears throat> bottle of cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That was actually like that was a moment of genuinely really great writing where I was like, that's such a cool way to like have someone say it's okay, you know? Uh-huh. You just make a total joke out of how, like, she was so so nervous about getting tiramisu with this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he admits to to buying, almost buying cough syrup because there was a cute pharmacist. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt, Jacob. Go, no, no, continue. you're good. So, something interesting... That is that this is technically an Indian American produced film. Um, it, it was interesting because actually, when the movie started, um, I Sabrina, Sabrina and I just watched it um, together, and there was like a production company that w- was li- on there. Like you know how everybody does their little little uh, what are those the, called? The painting, the the three fingers painting. Yeah, I, I thought believe, that was a sweet production logo. Yeah, I really believe cool. that yeah. was the one. It was UTV. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Is what it was. So the the that production company UTV is an India based company that co financed fifty percent of the film's budget and then distributed it in India, and wow. then twentieth oh. century Fox did the rest, like did the rest of the of the budget and stuff. Do we have any word on how this played in India? I I was actually curious about that too. I'm not really sure to be honest. Uh, something that we've never talked about and I have no idea is like how Shyamalan in general plays in India if they see him as like one of their sons you know like uh, <laughs> I, I, obviously he's not like he's he's American I, I think he was born in maybe he was no I think he was born in India actually. I don't know. That's uh, not sure. I don't I really don't know. But maybe it, we should but anyway. we could look up the we could look up the uh, biography. There's just I could see them having some national pride and you know if, if someone from your country makes is, is a pop culture sort of icon, but I, uh-huh. I haven't heard he was born in India. <clears throat> there so, you go. You know, I don't know. So yeah, that was that was the one interesting thing um, that I, I I think is all of his all of his other movies have been completely uh, you know American produced um, films, but this one was uh, this one was India uh, partially produced by an India Indian company. Yeah, um, and this is where he started to jump around in production companies too, because he he kind of stuck with one all the way through the village, and then Lady in the Water was was Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and then this was Twentieth Century Fox. So it's like he's you know, yeah. Well, the village I read was because he had a he had sort of a falling out with Disney that Disney had previously kind of been the the producer of. Oh yeah, because it was all Touchstone, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he felt like Disney like disrespected him or something with Lady in the Water, and he backed out of them with Lady in the Water and went to Warner Brothers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyways, some these these two little things are I think are a little more key to understanding what I think is generally all of our what I, it seems like I can see where what all of our opinions are of this movie. 
that just just for people that maybe have seen the happening and really hated it and thought it was completely horrible or people that haven't seen the happening but have heard of it and that it was received terribly um, for the most part. Um, number one is, uh, this is in Wikipedia, it says, um, days before the first reviews for the film came online, Shyamalan told the New York Daily News, we're making an excellent B-movie, that's our goal. Some critics enjoyed it because of this. Um, so it looks like some, there were a few critics that were sort of keyed into the fact that Shyamalan mm-hmm. was purposely making this a B-movie, which Shout I think out. a lot of people don't understand uh, about about this is that it was, you know, that it was a purposeful, even I, you know, until until hearing this and, and kind of reading up about it a little yeah. bit had no idea. You know, I just heard of this as being his, one of his, you know, one of those post six, post unbreakable, post six sense Shyamalan movies that completely sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout, shout out to my boy, Roger Ebert for giving it three stars out of four. And his oh, review. he was, he was with wow. it. He was, he was vibing with the house. Yeah. I saw that. Um, I saw, um, there's a great, uh, this is just an aside, but on, uh, on Letterboxd, which always has those little blurbs, um, before yeah. movies, their little blurb about the happening is pretty clever. We've sensed it. We've seen the signs. Now it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's cool. Um, that's good. So yeah, that's one little, <clears throat> that's one little hint, you know, that Shyamalan was very, that was, I, I, and my, <clears throat> what I, I think have come to believe that he was being very self-aware with, with this movie. Um, the second thing is that it looks like in 2019, Shyamalan had an interview where he talked a little bit about what he was going for with it. Um, and he said, this is a quote from him. He said, I think it's a consistent kind of farce humor. You know, like The Blob, the campy 1958 debut, debut of actor Steve McQueen featuring a mysterious growing amoeba that takes over a small Pennsylvania town. The key to The Blob is that it just never takes itself that seriously. I think I was inconsistent. That's why they couldn't see it. Um, so mm. he's kind of taking a little bit of responsibility for like why, why the movie was received that way is because it wasn't super clear, maybe. That, yeah, that, like sometimes he, he did was... take it kind of seriously and... Other times yeah, it was. And, yeah, and I would say it does seem like he he to it, as a uh, kind of refutation almost of the idea that Shyamalan is like so full of himself. He doesn't really talk about this movie much, and so I think it's kind of clear that he's uh, he understands that it's not his best, not his best work, and that there were there were some some issues with it. I mean- is it you, not you, his best work? You think it's his best work? <laughs> no. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I willing, to, I, I'm willing to, <laughs> to entertain the, the opinion. I just... No, I feel I, like it's clearly like... It's clearly a little more clumsy and, you know, obviously partially intentionally so, but it's, yeah. it's not quite as perfectly right, crafted. It's fully realized. Yeah. No, yeah, but I, I, the, the thing I think I'll that's... Say, oh, go, go ahead, Dave. <laughs> no, I it just it, I was just gonna say that like it, it it's not I'm not gonna say it's his best movie, but it does totally work for me. Like mm-hmm. I I just, I just like no I I would say I would I would totally say I liked the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, it it a hundred percent worked for me, and and I I would say it's it's certainly not his most <clears throat> like emotionally resonant movie by any means, or his most like 
well, yeah, like, kind of like you said, like per, like well crafted, so to speak. But I also think in a lot of senses it was kind of like meticulously crafted um, from the standpoint of like if if we're gonna if we're gonna take the fact that this is a B movie purposefully so and and run with that and that it's comedy like purposefully like like dark comedy kind of in a sense, mm-hmm. then I I think that we could I, I would say that it's it's incredible, <clears throat> like. Also, the casting Mark Wahlberg as the main character is a perfect decision because he is an atrocious he, actor. He gives the most Just, strange performance in this. It's okay. like, truly oh, yeah. bizarre. So it's I, amazing. I was, I was genuinely <laughs> expecting to like be like mostly thinking about how like weird Mark Wahlberg's performance in this movie was because that's heard the most about. But the thing that that actually struck me is that. Zoe Deschanel gives a such very, a bad oh. performance in this movie, <laughs> and a very she's, weird one too. She is so bad, and I I can't figure it out. Like she she's completely flat the whole movie. I don't see any other way to read it than it was intentional. Like I it, yeah, it's, it's so it leans so hard into it that it, it it's got to be like I, someone made a choice. I think honestly, whether Mark and Zoe knew it or not, it it, it definitely was intentional on Shyamalan's part. It, Zoe and Mark may have had no idea. They may have just agreed and then like just had to go with the script that they thought was terrible. I think Mark terrible, doesn't but... know because he, he looks back on it and throws a ton of shade at this movie. And yeah. I, and, I, and I think like because he's embarrassed about his performance. So that tells me that he didn't like – he wasn't in on the joke maybe necessarily. Like, I, But yeah. who knows? I don't know. <laughs> here's something Here's something as far as casting that I that I was thinking about as I watched the movie. I think that Nicolas Cage should have fit somewhere into this movie. I think that <laughs> oh, yeah. he deserved such a, a spot. Cage movie. So I think I think he movie. should have either been if we're talking like if we're talking like national treasure type Nicolas Cage, I think he could have been the lead replacing <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. If we we're talking keep Zoe Deschanel, so it's just like yeah, that yeah. awkward age gap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then but but if we're talking full cage uh Nicolas Cage <laughs> Should've I think he should have been the hot dog guy. The the plant, yeah. The uh, the. Bob I mean, he even guy, looks a the... little bit like Nicolas Cage already. Yeah, he would have been great as the. Hot oh, dog that would have been so good. Darn. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. Um, so. Go well, ahead, so so I facts. think I I think those well those just just as as a way to to like set this set the tone for this you know those, it, I think all three of us are in the clearly in the, eh, what's the word. Um, of the opinion that this is an intentionally goofy, humorous and ridiculous movie, um, and it's all it's it's so much better because of it. Um, yeah, so, in, in a yeah. lot of senses. I mean, I was laughing. I laughed so many oh, times yeah. watching this movie. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, like the moment from the moment Mark Wahlberg is introduced as the science teacher, <laughs> it like it, I was I was already <laughs> laughing. Like it, it was he, hilarious. I, I feel- his like tone of voice and everything. It's like, hey guys, you know, isn't science pretty cool? It's like it's like basically like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so great. He just is. I, he just is. He always sounds like he's either searching for approval or just incredibly confused at all times. He's like he's like yeah. I mean yeah yeah yeah. But do, do we want to do? Oh go, Jace, go ahead. I was gonna ask. Let me. I was gonna ask if we wanna um if we wanna throw some of those quotes that I that I have right now or later on? Um, give us one right now. We can sprinkle them through. 
Well, what were you going to say, Jace? I was going to say, why you eyeing my lemon drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the quotes. <laughs> why you eyeing my lemon drink? That was it. That was one of them. It was incredible. <laughs> just, the, just the most intimidating. <clears throat> freakiest old lady, line. too. Freakiest old lady until he one-upped it with the visit. But up until the visit, I think <laughs> yeah, this old was, lady and see in that film. that was actually I would say that was the only mm-hmm. part that whole sequence with the lady was the only part that I thought was actually genuinely pretty scary. Like it was super scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but what, yeah, we what have is, so this this oh. just sorry this this just continues to to make me wonder like what happened to Shyamalan like as a child? Did he have like a really terrifying grandmother? Like what? <laughs> Granny's here. <laughs> like, what, what did this to him? <laughs> probably had a granny that made him eat Turkish delight or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have, uh, let's see, towards the beginning, you should be more interested in science, Jake. You know why? Because your face is perfect. <laughs> 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 that was incredible. That was amazing. <laughs> so, so I feel like I feel like um something that I was just thinking about um before we before we started recording um that that kind of just solidified in my mind um when we're talking about like you know kind of 50s B movie kind of vibes mm-hmm. I think well it wasn't the 50s but Shyamalan's reputation partially propagated by himself from his first like three excellent movies was like he's the next Spielberg right yeah um and I think I can see a lot of it just made me think of of Spielberg's first movie duel which Mm. is just like a beautiful example of like elevating a um like a, a, a B movie, movie yeah, yeah, a B movie concept, and <clears throat> with just like really excellent filmmaking, just yeah. totally elevating it. So, and I think I wanna, the happening does the same thing. Yeah, I want. Can I leap off that for just a second? I want to. I want to just like pour out just a couple of thoughts mm-hmm. that you guys are bringing to mind. So, I really briefly, like, just to introduce this to anyone who's not familiar, the thing I wanted to mention is this was marketed with much hoopla as being Shyamalan's first R-rated movie. On the poster, the R is like in red <laughs> in the, yeah. the MPAA rating. And, uh, and that was, re- I, you know, none of us saw it because I think, you know, we, we weren't, weren't allowed to watch R-rated movies. And, uh-huh. um, and it was kind of like, when, I remember, you know, when the tra- trailers were coming, they're trying to hype it up and I'm like, oh, well, great. You know, like, thanks a lot, Shyamalan. <laughs> Never going to see this now. We were like, Shyamalan's finally fallen. He's, he's finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He finally, he finally succumbed to the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, inter- it's an interesting move uh, in a lot of ways. I, and you could probably have a conversation about that. But I, I think that it's, it's, it's so he takes advantage of the rating, I think in a really great way to like push it just a little bit further than his typical movie. And I think in, oh, yeah. in very effective ways, um, I, it's not like it's, it's in no way like when, you know, like Logan is given an R rating and then it's just like, you know, like Uber violent, a, a you slaughter know, fest. It's just a slaughter fest. It's not, it's not like a, a different director that you see. It's just like he, I think he, he utilizes it pretty tastefully and, and, uh, Pretty oh, yeah. sharply. 
<clears throat> but uh, go ahead. Well, just just like well, on that subject, I don't know. What do you did you have more to more to talk about that specifically about the rating? Well, just the no. sort of the, the inclusion. I think it kind of goes along with with the rating because like the reason it's rated R. This movie has virtually no language in it. It has like it has yeah. like three swear words, maybe very um, mild. Like a P, it's PG. Oh, in every yeah. other every mm-hmm. other way. Totally. I mean, the one of the worst one of the worst things said is when Elliot's talking to himself and he says, "All right, be scientific, douchebag." talking to himself yeah so it's Um, self it's swearing at yourself which is not nearly as bad um but i actually there were there were two sequences specifically the first death is you know the death by hair sewing hair knitting needle which was pretty pretty impressive um practical work on it like i I thought it was pretty cool um and but the main the two that stood out to me most um, that I really am not sure how like I would love to read or hear a quote from Shyamalan or something on how they executed these um, because I thought they were incredibly done is the scene the shot skyward of the construction workers jumping off of the um, construction building that I, hits hard. I really don't know how they did that because you can watch them clearly walking off and their bodies are not like it doesn't look like CGI. Um, to me, at least watching this, it did, it didn't look like CGI. Like it looked like some blend of practical and And the way they moved didn't look like dummies. No. Yeah. yeah, It's very effective. Very like haunting, especially mm -hmm. like as a post nine 11 movie of people jumping out of the building. I feel like there was echoes of that. Well, that made me, you know, it actually, (laughs) I mean, this has literally nothing to do with it, but it actually makes me think of, um, the, the, the album cover for Muse's uh, oh. Absolution <laughs> with the shadows of all that. I don't know. There's something like, like there's something uniquely haunting about that well, image but, of like just people falling. No, yeah. for sure. And aside, like I think it's very effective, like emotionally and and uh, thematically. But it's aside played from so that, well by that construction, the guy who's like trying to call it. He he plays that so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. The, the, whole, the whole intro sequence is, is great. Is so good. Yeah, that like, I it really it was just like punches. Everything, everything about it is is really great. Um, even like even the corpses and the way that they're like they're like bent every which way and things like that. Yeah, spooky. But I really like. Maybe you guys had better eyes than me in this, but I really truly don't know how they filmed that that shot of the bodies falling. And I, I would I would love to know because it looks incredible to me. Like to me, it just it looked visually so good um my guess is a combination of of cgi and practical they probably threw dummies over and they maybe manipulated them with cgi a little bit to make them look a little bit more realistic yeah also the shot could i mean like people could be jumping onto like uh you know like that's true or something Mm. that's a possibility and the camera's placed in a way that that's true. They could have been jumping onto those, you know, those blow up things that they they do. Yeah. That's yeah. I like I said. I I really don't know. I I thought it was beautiful the way that it was created. Um, yeah. What about this, the lawnmower death? Yeah, that one. That one was pretty horrible. Um, I yeah. I saw a little bit of the CGI that was used there, but it was it bit. was also pretty impressive. The one that I also don't know though how it was done that didn't look like a dummy either was when. Um, it's the, when the car that John Leguizamo's in, 
Ooh, yeah. crashes into the tree and the guy flies out the windshield. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that didn't, it wasn't CGI. Like, it didn't look like CGI, and I, I don't know. It probably was CGI. ILM did the CGI for this just, just as a... That, which mean, is which is great, but I really like. I, I'll go back and rewatch it because it was the first time and only time that I've seen it. But it looked the movement and the physics of the body flying through looked too good to me. Yeah, to be was, a what year was this? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand eight. To be a two thousand eight CGI sequence, it just didn't look like it. So I that was another one where I where I watched it and I was like, wow, that was incredibly shot. Like the yeah. whatever the craft the the craft that went into that to create it, that scene was. I, amazing i think also um we should we should talk about how how good Shyamalan is in this movie of holding on shots not he he never cuts unless he has to Mm. um and that that scene specifically make that comes to mind as an example of that yeah you see the car you see the car moving and then it stops when like you when the toxins like kicking in Uh and then it just starts just he just like slams on the pedal and just goes yeah um it just follows the car the whole time it's really and it's actually still a pretty long uniquely shot it, horrifying it yeah and it, it's still it's a pretty long shot because it doesn't cut when john leguizamo's character gets out either right it still mm-hmm. stays on the same shot. yeah no it, it he gets out of the car yeah in the same shot which makes so. it more all the more impressive too that it's mm-hmm. all yeah Th- that's that's one of the i don't really have another place to put this comment so i'll just throw it out there that and this is part of like maybe shaman looking back and looking at the inconsistency of what he was pulling off tonally or whatever but the movie like starts off and i think i saw this written somewhere so i won't take credit for like this idea but it starts off really tight really fast and gradually just gets slower and slower and slower Mm -hmm. and by the end that the ending where they're like talking to each other through the the speaking pipe it's like kind of like a, a European art house film. Like it, it, it kind of, if it would have ended there, it has the vibe of like a French kind of, uh, you know, mm. the, that kind of those European downer shit. endings that, uh, you know, it, it, they're very human, but also like very yeah. depressing. It's an interesting yeah. thought. It, 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 and it, you just remind me of that, Jace, because he, he holds shots and like I think it just the pace gets slower and slower as it moves on and you just start listening to the wind like the wind in this is so eerie and it captures yeah and makes it scary in in a really unique way i don't know something that i mean i I don't i don't have any any defined thoughts on this but something that i was curious to hear what hear you guys thoughts on was i guess how you felt about uh, the vivid depictions of suicide in the movie and i guess the potential uh sort of implications some, of that yeah some of the potential complications from from that portrayal. you know what i think just because you know i think i know the i mean this was something that was in the uh news cycle a lot when the the netflix show 13 reasons why came out is like the psychologist recommend never showing people physically committing suicide on screen um interesting and so i'm curious to hear your thoughts on it if this is uh absurd enough that it circumvents that problem or if that that seems like maybe something that could have been handled better 
is a great question to ask. For me, it is absurd enough, and I think it's staged in a way that it didn't it didn't hit in a way that other like on screen suicides sometimes do play out. You know, there there aren't a lot of them, but e- even when that's not the main topic, but because like I think partially because the people became such like automatons when it happened, like they it was it was almost like they were already dead before. Mm. Like once the toxin hit them, they like ceased e- to be yeah. be human in mm. a way that made it I think yeah a little different. Yeah, for me I personally. think. Um, I, I think I agree. I think I agree with that. I, I definitely can see how it could be. It could be sort of complicated. I mean, because these are still acts of like suicide that are being committed. The majority, though, I would say the the majority. I mean, there were a few like gun gun violence um, sequences, but I think that was what maybe sparked the thought the most. Is the no. the the one shot of like each person. Uh, mm-hmm. shooting themselves which like i honestly like i thought i thought like from a from a thematic and like film, film pr- yeah pr- standpoint i thought that was a pretty cool sequence um yeah. well, i can I see it. i can see how it could be complicated i think my thought it kind of goes along with jerem's is that these the suicides that people come like that occur are not motivated by by anything that could be called traditional motivations for suicide like they're completely mm. outside of that realm of suicidal behavior like they're comp- the the motivation is entirely because people are given this neurotoxin that like messes with their brain and essentially forces them to commit suicide which i think is i think is different um mm-hmm. and to like that at least for me was pretty clear throughout and didn't i i didn't really feel any discomfort um but just that's just me personally and i i could never speak for anyone else yeah. Um, you know, who, who has had issues with, with things like that in the past. But for me, I feel like that's maybe where that sense of, or that lack of discomfort came from was just that I, it was pretty obvious that these, these were happening not as like suicide, so to speak, but as like the, a, they were being a, killed. A, they were being it. killed by this toxin, like mm, this, yeah. this plant. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that was kind of, that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, question. I think, I think I agree. But um, I thought it was something, something to consider about the movie. Yeah. Um, so that's a good place to like. We haven't given any summary of it, and I just thought I'd throw that out there real quick. It's like basically, the premise of this movie is that oh, yeah. it starts in Central Park, in New York City, and people start like killing themselves and mass. In, in they seem to be losing their minds and. Uh, <sighs> it's makes the news no one really knows what's going on they think it's a terrorist attack because they find neurotoxin in the in the victims which is a fascinating route to take I love, yeah yeah of all the implications of all the why of all the why mm-hmm. for sure really interesting and as, as the as the it, mark Wahlberg, his wife zoe deschanel they're trying to get out of town basically they're in philadelphia and uh, they're they're just it's happening in in cities primarily, so they they're taking a train, they're fleeing this event, and and kind of what ends up what ends up happening is we realize that the plant it's hinted at, but plants, uh, spoiler alert, you know, like <laughs> just this is my honestly, <laughs> I I don't feel like that's even a spoiler because I feel like in the first like twenty minutes of the movie it's 
pretty it's made pretty clear that that's what's happening that's what's going on it's the yeah, bees so the, the bees <laughs> the plants are releasing a neurotoxin and and it's like whenever they sense big enough groups of people the plants can kind of communicate with each, with each other and the toxin gets carried on the wind and that's what's making these people um kill themselves and, and it's humans uh, humans are the threat to these plants yeah, yeah the plants sort are of a sensing warming ecological element mm-hmm. to it um and and that it's funny this reminded me that i i had this idea like in in junior high for like, I was like what if we did a movie where like where the plants like released some toxin and it was like killing people you know and like and the plants were like we're fighting against the humans. And then this movie came out and I was like, ah, dang it. <laughs> so, so I was always a Shyamalan stole my idea. He stole my script. Um, right. Cause I thought there's a potential there, but that's the premise. And I think that something we should mention with that concept is what makes this a good B movie. I think in a way that like the, the, the word B or the phrase B movie gets thrown around a lot. And I think a lot of times it's used in his excuse for movies that just actually suck. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, it's a great B movie. Like, it's tons of fun. And you're like, no, it's like that movie just sucks. It's just a bad movie. Like a B movie doesn't mean a bad movie. Uh, and the actual origin of that phrase is like a little more complicated. But just for the sake of our like discussion, I think what makes this a great B movie is that it's, it's comical and it's like a farce in a lot of ways. But and the acting's really, really bad and it's, it's campy. But the ideas at its core are really strong, and the direction is really good. Like it's it's a well directed for for uh-huh. what it is, and it's it's playing with some really fascinating ideas. It, it's an early climate change uh, anxiety film. Before yeah. that was a, a large part of the discussion. It was obviously you know it on is, the radar. Yeah, it's a really interesting mix of like war on terror era fears and climate change fears in the same movie and it feels like a continuation of some of the things that Shyamalan feels really at the time was feeling very strongly from the village to lady in the water this this sort of like deep sadness about the state of of humanity and and this this uh what he seemed to be getting across with this uh, there was a, a news a shot of a newspaper it was like before they were fleeing that I thought it was really intriguing. It said like, you know, murder rate skyrocketing. Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt like the, the message that was getting across there was like, basically like, we don't deserve this earth. Like is what he was kind of trying to say with this whole movie is, is mm. the way that humanity is going. Um, like we, we are not living in a way that we, we, we basically deserve to be here. Um, and so the, yeah, the plants are going to, are going to kill us off. Uh, because I saw we're, we're just destroying ourselves and the planet. So, you know what, that, that felt like that, the, the heart of what he was kind of feeling with this. Yeah. I, I saw, <laughs> I saw a, a review that said, this is, this is his most nihilistic film. Um, and I, I think I agree. I think it's, which, yeah. which is fascinating. Because his like goofiest film at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's, he's these men are nihilists. They can't. They can't hurt you. <laughs> the big Lebowski. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's kind of kind of interesting to to bury your your nihilism and 
and loss of faith in humanity under such a <laughs> such an unassuming shell. <laughs> yeah. Can can I say also something that I, like this is in I think it being well executed. He does a couple of things. He plays with with the genre conventions in 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 some some fun ways that that fit thematically. He, the main one was the trope of like being scared of people in a horror situation, like if people trying to hurt you or running away from them. He he flips that in a in a really cool way because pe- no one's hurting other people really for the most part. Like the 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 people are harming end up harming themselves. And so at first you're like, wait, like we don't have to be scared of, of people, which sometimes is like the deepest fear in horror is that someone's uh-huh. going to come to murder you. But he ends up flipping it in such a clever way because you end up having to be afraid of people because the, when, the more people come gather in a place, it sets the plants off, mm-hmm. which yeah. is sort of kind of a COVID type, like, you know, it felt prescient. Yeah, or very, yeah in, very much, very much a great COVID, great COVID movie. Also, I think... The, uh, sorry, I, are you my, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm gonna forget about this if I you don't say his it lemon now. drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think uh, on that back to that that point of like the the nihilism of the movie. I think there's this interesting idea that he he brings up of like these uh, of the people that uh, they have to be afraid of. There are, there are people in the movie that are genuinely looking to harm them in some way or are just scary people. Um, And I think it's interesting, like he's taking like this, you know, there's a a family of like people out in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania that end up murdering two children because they're, so terrified of what you know what they might bring to them they, they, yeah. they think they might be infected or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and then there's obviously the really creepy old hermit lady and and i yeah, think she was so scary brings up like a an interesting idea that like the the in some ways those scenes are the are the most horrifying scenes in the movie like of the the two kids getting shot and the um, the old lady like just being her, <laughs> uh, it's just like those are some of the most terrifying things. And I I also think like the way that it it ends with that news report where they're like the they're saying like oh you know skeptics might agree with you if there was just one more instance of this. Um, yeah, yeah in the somewhere else in the world well i think it just speaks to like this idea of like we're 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 screwed basically like (laughs) we can't like there's so there are too many people that are are not looking out for for the the good of of all of us um, yeah for us to to survive basically no and it's interesting like to think about like all of those sort of potential underlying themes. Like, and I, I think, I don't know, coming off of, especially coming off of our little bonus episode we, we did with Tim on the village. I think like a yeah. lot of times we, I think a lot of times <clears throat> most people sell Shyamalan short with the, the inclusion of themes in his movies and the amount of like time and thought that he puts into his, 
um, his his writing and the ideas that he's trying to put bring across in his movies. And like this, a lot of this could just be like you know reaching and like even some of it could be like unintentional stuff that even Shyamalan wasn't intending you know who really knows um but there's so many there are so many interesting things to explore like you know like the kids getting shot like the like kids taking the brunt of violence you know especially gun violence Um, that felt very intentional to me yeah like Mm -hmm. not just like and also, like, not only do kids take the brunt of gun violence, especially in this country, but also, like, kids are going to be the ones who are going to suffer most from climate, you know, from, from these climate disasters, yeah. disasters mm-hmm. and things like that. Or all the way to, like, I think there's something super interesting with, like, the whole model home sequence of them in the model home. Everything's um, fake. Yeah, everything's yeah. fake, but especially like Mark Wahlberg talking to a, the plastic plant. Hilarious scene. <laughs> like, I forgot about that. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious, but also like like he's talking like it's a plastic plant and, you know, the, the damage that like just the idea of like plastic and the fact that he's like trying to like speak with this plastic plant or make have like these real emotions with a plant that ends up being just plastic and fake. Um, sort of a consumerism is a yeah is, things, is yeah. fascinating but also what something that you said jerem that caught, got me thinking is like you were talking about how people like the in generally in horror movies people are like running away from other people and like that that's the idea is that it's like people are the ones who like are scared or, or what you know things like that but also the fact i think that there's there's something really fascinating about the fact that the way that these plants are defending themselves is by making humans kill themselves because by, by wait say that again you cut out the way that the, these plants are defending themselves is by making humans kill themselves because in a way like we are we are committing suicide by ignoring humanity's effect on the climate and on the earth yeah. you know we, we are it's slowly killing ourselves of, you know yeah. and and so even though in this movie it's something that's very quick and people are like literally taking me like going around and trying to find ways to like literally physically kill themselves quickly like that's what we're doing with this entire climate change scenario by not acting and by continuing to destroy the environment we are like literally killing ourselves yeah um so. i think the I, I read a i read one review that I thought brought up a really fascinating point about the that model home sequence that you that that you uh, mentioned that humans are are so obsessed with creating like monuments of our lives that we're destroying nature to create not even a real home it's just a a model like it's not even a a real uh-huh. home that lives anyone in. can live in yeah that's a great point I just was reminded of the scene where Mark Wahlberg is talking to the kid at the kitchen table and he picks up one of the wine glasses. It (laughs) looks like it's full of wine, but it's just, you know, it's the plastic and fake liquid inside that's not even moving. And he's sort of like gesturing with his (laughs) wine bottle as he's talking. (laughs) And I think he sniffs it at one point. He like, yeah, Yeah, he does. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Shoot. We didn't talk about the, uh... Oh, go ahead, Jace. Well, I was going to say there's a there's a critical point I think, and we're going to lose a uh, a mainstay segment on our, oh, on yeah. our show for this episode because oh yeah, rate that um, cameo. There, 
there is no Shyamalan cameo in this movie. So he, he there is, I've been told, but the only person I can think of it that it is is Joey on the phone. I've been told his voice is in this movie, and I think mm. he is Joey, the the tiramisu guy. Oh, uh, that's interesting. With. We should IMDb it. I don't know if it's <clears> – let me pull it up right now. I've been told he has a voice role. While, while you're looking it up and while we're talking about Easter eggs, Sabrina, with the most incredible eyes in the world, noticed that at the end, in the final sequence of the movie, when Zoe Deschanel is packing up for uh, – I know I know what you're talking about. What's yeah. the daughter's name in the movie? Jess. Jess, for Jess's, Jess to go to school, Jess is wearing an Avatar The Last Airbender backpack. Absolutely. Yeah, really? I totally saw yeah. that. I didn't <laughs> notice that. He used that is... in his hand. Yeah, which, wow. is the next, which is the next movie, right? Avatar is the next one, yeah. right? So I, he must have already known or something. I don't know. I, I was, like... was going to make a joke that he, in The Happening, he tried to warn us about the coming calamity of climate change. And it turns out he also tried to warn us of the coming calamity of The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, yeah, it was, it was very brief. I, I, did, I did notice that too. That was, yeah, it's a good eye. On Sabrina's part. Um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan I, is Joey. He's the voice of Joey. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, that's what it popped up as well when I when I looked it up. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a 10 out of 10 on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I you don't recognize it's him, so I... I, I was going to say in, in relation to Jess, I feel like I feel like I need to I need to sing sing John Leguizamo's praises bit here because to me he get one of the best performances in the entire movie like he's one really of the, good in this. one of the most like affecting performances and it like kind of made like <laughs> i it kind of it shocked me first of all because john leguizamo is not who comes to mind when i think of like giving giving like the emotional performances in movies but i I also like was disappointed a little bit that they they killed him off so early because I felt like he was the he was like to me the heart of the movie. He had yeah. such a an emotional presence. I feel like it allowed I, us to just like sit back and enjoy the ridiculousness that that he you know <laughs> after. But it was a bummer that he had to leave so early. Yeah. I will say I agree with you that his performance was was pretty good. I except I I I will disagree that one like one of the lines that I laughed at that I thought was so weird, like so completely bizarre and like also sort of hilarious was when Zoe Deschanel says like I'll take care of you or whatever and takes um Jess's hand and he's like don't take my daughter's hand unless you mean it. <laughs> I was, was like I actually really I thought, liked that line. That that I, that works. That worked for me too, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was so out of <laughs> it out, was like, jarring field. But it, he had been talking before to Mark Wahlberg's character about, hey, like she's not like she's not really committed, you know. Like, he he was trying to say that. Right? Yeah. And so I think it was his like, you know, like hey, if you're gonna take care of her, like you take care of her. And and the way like she's like when he says that to her <laughs> close ups on her eyes and she's like holy crap <laughs> yeah. like oh, okay yeah yeah like, <laughs> it was yeah, for sure I, jarring I, 
I can get that. I, I can vibe with. I can vibe with that that feeling. I just. I thought it. Was, I was very taken aback by by <laughs> the abruptness of it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect it to get that that heavy for sure. <laughs> Outside the Denny's. <laughs> um, Zoe Deschanel is so she's just truly bad in this in so many great ways. Like when <laughs> when they're talking about how Jess like whispers when she's uh, when she's feeling scared or whatever, and and Zoe Deschanel's like. Like I feel, I feel you, Jess. I don't like to show my emotions either. <laughs> it's just so hilariously bad. Oh man! That, so I, I think, like, I guess, kind of in conclusion for this, feel free to add any more thoughts. But I mean, the main takeaway I would give to anyone listening to this is that uh, you know this continues watching the happening continues this trend of debunking the concept that. You know, it's not worthwhile watching any post-Unbreakable or post-Signs Shyamalan movies. Yeah, or that he's a bad director. Or that he's a bad director, yeah. This is for sure worthwhile. It's so fun. It's it's so hilarious. I the, we didn't mention when the zookeeper went in and hit the lions ripped Dude, his arms that was off. Great. <laughs> it's that insane. Was great. <laughs> it's just, physically, physically, it made absolutely no sense how he could just stand there and let his arm be ripped like a wet piece of paper. But it was pretty incredible. It's crazy. It was crazy. So I mean, this this movie is nuts um, and and totally wild in so many ways um, and and. It's just like it's a great one. I I mentioned it earlier, but I feel like it's a great one to throw on at like a party or with a group of oh, people. Oh yeah, and just if, like laugh. And if have you a can blast watch it with it. a group of people, then then do it. You know. Mm-hmm. But I think what saves it and what makes it like a worthwhile movie is that there are some legitimate ideas at the center of it. There's some legitimate heart, though. It's you know, like we said, it's kind of ni- nihilistic and it's is emotionally maybe most distant one uh, film that we've talked about so far, but. It's a, it's affecting and and the there's so much to enjoy in the way he directs it, uh, from just like filmmaking joys to um, to yeah. appreciate. So I, it was just so much fun to watch. Oh yeah, oh, I actually yeah. so kind of fun. think. Uh, I was just thinking about like I, I feel like it's in, in some ways kind of the opposite of signs, like in its in its subject matter, like. Because signs is all about like aliens that are um, attacking and like the the power in humanity, I guess. And in yeah, and and this is kind of the opposite. It's our our own home that's that's coming for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And and it kind of has the opposite takeaway. It's it's not that hopeful ending. It's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. a we're screwed ending. Yeah. And, and also, I forgot oh, to, sorry. Oh, I was just going to, I forgot to ask something that was kind of, it was kind of weird um, because I just, um, I just watched the movie Titan uh, like yesterday. I, I watched it yesterday and I was like, kind of, I was like kind of blown away that I just today watched another movie because Titan also has a pretty significant part where someone like where murder is committed with a sewing, like a hair sewing needle, a hair knitting needle. And I was like, "Is that like a? Is that something that other like that that happens in some movies that people like, think about? People die because of hair knitting needles because it was kind of crazy that like two two movies in a row, yeah, there were that exact like that exact same thing with huh. the with the knitting needle that keeps someone's hair up. Um, 
I, mm. has, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen any other movie where that happens, but Mm-mm. it was a little Not uncanny. That I can think of. Rough way I to think go. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a word right this, uh, this, watching this actually just makes me more and more curious about our, our next, our next movie, The Last Airbender. Because yeah, I know. Is everything we've been told, is everything we've been told about The Last Airbender wrong? Yeah. I mean, I, who knows? You're the only, Jeremy, you guys are the ones that have seen it. I haven't even seen it, so I'm I can, ready. I can pretty confidently say that I don't think my mind is going to be completely flipped on it. We might find some some gems, some some diamonds in the rough. Yeah, I but, think it's going to suck. Yeah, I, I, and and <laughs> I think, I, honestly, I feel like the happening is, is kind of the end of a Shyamalan era in a way. Because this is his last movie that's just a Shyamalan movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. no more, like, from this point, there's some, uh, obviously with The Last Airbender, there's a, there's source material and um, probably some pretty heavy studio involvement as well. And I think, I think from, from that point on, uh, even his, his most recent movies that have, have in some ways returned to his roots still don't have the same handmade... Uh, handcrafted feel that everything before the happening had. But maybe um, you're wrong about that. No, it's it's entirely possible. Um, we'll see. I guess. Who knows? That's the beauty of this. <laughs> it's the beauty of this journey. One We're thing going I will want the map. One thing here, I will want to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Once we once, dragons. <laughs> <laughs> once we get to Avatar, I do want to know if did Shyamalan write Avatar? as well or did he just direct it he did he did write it yeah he wrote it okay because i was curious because that could definitely have a influence on a lot of things but yeah he did write it yep interesting all right well those are the that a, happened yeah <laughs> it happened and uh go see the there's, happening there's one thing there's one thing you should remember from this is to eat your hot dogs <laughs> and, uh, Get your hot dogs and drink that lemon drink. Yeah, let me safe. let me see if let me see if there was one more uh, one more quote I can <laughs> I can leave everyone with before <laughs> before we go. <laughs> where was my where's my little my little list thing? You can you can cut this out. Well, that's what about what about Mrs. Jones? You guys, I heard you guys whispering. You gonna steal things from me? You gonna murder me in my sleep? Whoa, whoa, Mrs. Jones! No. <laughs> what? No. What? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg managed to like <laughs> to sound like someone who actually was planning on murdering. <laughs> yeah. Jones yeah. Part of me feels like what? No. <laughs> Taking a turn, and they did end up murdering her. And her stealing, stealing the creepy little doll she had in her bed. He gets back in there. He's like, "Yeah, we're doing this." <laughs> Mrs. Jones has got to go. <laughs> All right, that's a that's a wrap for Shameless Shyamalan, episode six. We're signing off. The happening. <laughs>